the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a mighty God we serve who is worthy to be praised. Um, but they bring the, um, not just those. Oh, they forgot something. Go back to the, go back to the church and get my envelope of my gifts to the church, please. Thank you. Um, how y'all doing this morning? Um, this is the fir- my first, this is our f- uh, first day back from the installation, from the, um, installation service. I want to thank you from, from the bottom of my heart, um, those who came to the service. Um, it was truly one of the highlights of my life um, to see the whole family there. Um, you just don't realize what that did for me as your pastor. It was just totally, a lot of time when you're pastoring people, you don't know what's really going on. You know, especially when you got three different places you got to go preach all the time. You don't know what to have, who's there. And so to come out there that, that, that Sunday and see all of y'all, Bayview is one of the largest churches in, in, in our area, and to pack that place out with 95% of that was all new season. I mean, you don't know how much that made my heart. To where those who were there, if you was there, you saw I said I couldn't even say nothing when it was over. And you know, I like to talk. <laughs> but you had me speechless because of your love and your support for that day. So I want to let you know, thank you so much. And I had some, I got uh, something for y'all, but they forgot, so we're going to go back and get it. Um, a little thank you card I got for everybody in, in the church. Um, let you know how much I appreciate all that you've done that day. Um, we're, in a, we're in a really good series. This is the last um, sermon in this series before we go into our summer series. Every, every year, we kind of do the same thing. In May, it's for women. In June, it's for men. In July, it's going to be families. And in August is whatever you want me to preach. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the last sermon in this series before we go into our summer series and we come back for Second Peter in September. Um, this lesson today um, was rough. The last part of this text. Um, those of you who follow us along with, with the scriptures, um, the sermon today is, is, is called, Glenn, it's for the, the series, we, the last four series is called The Truth Will Stand By Itself. That's the series we're in. The Truth Will Stand By Itself. Um, I don't need to have a lot to follow truth. Truth will stand, truth will trump a lot of the time. So let me, let's pray and get, because there's a lot I want to talk about today, and I've got, I got video clips, there's a lot we want to share to break down what this looks like. Let's pray. Spirit living God, let your reign, Dr. Hamper, fresh upon your people. Spirit living God, let your reign, Dr. Hamper, fresh upon your word. Spirit living God, let your reign, Dr. Hamper, revive your servant this morning. Lord, let me decrease that your spirit might increase. I pray God for transparency. They might see through me to your son, the father, in case they stop at the servant, please send the servant to do your sign that I may show them the ways of God. Because God is absolutely nothing about me. It's completely all about you. God's completely all about you and absolutely nothing about me. Lord, I pray for three things this morning. I pray for challenge. I pray for conviction. And God, I pray for spirit of change. If your people are challenged or convicted by your word, they will be changed by the same power of that same word. Let your spirit have the right of way. Let your triconical kingdom minister to the temple. I pray, Lord, you accept this offering I present you in my sight, O Lord, and my Redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's message is called The Destructiveness. Oh, yeah, thank you very much, Brother Paul. It's all re- now, it, I, everybody said they know what to read. So you're going to read the ones that's underlined. I'm going to read the part that's not underlined, okay? Okay. Let's start again. Every part of Scripture is God breathed and showing us truth. Correcting, training us to live God's way through the word and shaped up for, I have an assignment from God. I have an assignment from God. Does that make it easier? 
Okay, we don't want to be on the same page. I want to get better as I'm a bishop. I want to get better at the word, okay? Today's teaching is called The Destructiveness of False Teaching. I love that PowerPoint. We live in a time where false teaching is destructive. And false teachers wear masks. They might say one thing. They might present one thing. But underneath, it's nothing but deception. And in our text, we talk about deceptive preaching. Well, here's one. First thing we're going to, first point in your fill in the blanks, is the draw of false teaching. Look, look, look at the text. The text says, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they lure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. False teachers always want to appeal to your flesh. They appeal with empty words. They say, they say one thing but mean something else. They make sin like it's no problem. Because they want, they want to pull you from your faithfulness into error. In the text, 1 John 2.16 says this here. For the lust of the what? For, the, for, for all that is in the world, the lust of the what? The lust of the what? And the what? Is not of the who? But of this world. They draw you in lust of the flesh. They draw you in the lust of the eyes. And they draw you with the pride of life. They make it to the point where you realize, you know what? I'm missing the boat. Now, let me show you a quote right quick that I have just to show you. Three things cannot be, cannot be long hidden. What are they? The moon and what? Over time, you're going to see the sun. You're going to see the moon. And over time, the truth is going to come out. Now, I, I got some really tough video clips to kind of illustrate this. And, and, and it's kind of rough. It deals with the deceptiveness of how people play on, prey on young girls. So sh look at this clip and see how he lured her in the wrong manner.
Pause it, Paul. You can Paul pause it. Notice how she said, wow. She was lonely. She was depressed and had lost hope. So the guy pulls up in a beat-up car. If you got something, you should have something. <laughs> There's certain people. Keep, keep right there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to it. I, I want to work through the, the, the visuals of this story. And people, deceptive teachers, false teachers, do the exact same thing. They give you a false sense of hope. A false sense of, of, of you're going to be rich. False sense of everything's going to be okay. How many know that in, in life, everything's not going to be okay? And false teachers will pour into you lie after lie after lie till you say, wow. He promised her fame and fortune as he pulled up in a beat-up car. See, the truth was right in front of her. But because he played on her emotions, he played on her situation, she went from being gloomy to being what? Excited. Play it. Once they draw you in, two million people are trafficked around the world annually. Let me 
1.7 million people are held as slaves around the world. And to draw you in, there's the disappointment of false teaching. Disappointment of false teaching. Look at what the text says. While they promise them what? Liberty. They themselves are what? For by whom a person is what? By him who, by him also he is brought into what? The pimp is a slave. He greedy. He pulls you into it. A false teacher is a slave to deception, is a slave to the lie. And they promise you freedom. They, they promise you no more guilt. I, I, I knew a church where... Um, this is what the pastor said. People go through enough drama already. Why should they come to church and hear the text? They should just hear love. If all I preach is love. I don't want to, I don't want to burn people with certain parts of scripture. There's enough pain in the world already. Why show them the pain of scripture? I'm just going to show them the love of scripture. The love, the love. How many realize that love is good? But how are you going to handle love in a storm? How are you going to have love when, when you lost a loved one? How are you going to handle love when you lost a job? There's parts of scripture you've got to deal with to embrace the truth of love. Because sometimes there'll be some things that aren't lovely in your life. Promise you liberty. Promise you great things. The word overcome is a, is a very cool Greek word. It's, it's a Greek word, heterotimia. Um, it, it, it means that it's a very rare verb. It's found only in three places. In two of these contexts, it means overcome. Second Peter, it's in verse, it's in, it's verse 19 and verse 20. It refers to the perils of those who what? Have made what? Or then what? The root word is henton. That means to make what? <laughs> it means you're coming to a what? Lower rate, be inferior by the corruption of sin, ultimately means what? To be what? Been given the truth. You've, you've been given the, the understanding of the truth, but now all of a sudden, because you have bought into the promise of, of everything's okay, you're now defeated. And, and, and the worst thing about this, this type of teaching is that, that you don't blame the false teacher who imprisons you with false teaching, who, 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 deceit, who gave you deceitful lies with false teaching, who put you in, in, in impurity through false teaching. You don't blame person, no. You wind up blaming God. Because when, when a false teacher teases you at the church and you're hurt at the church, where do you leave? And you wind up leaving church and you wind up leaving God. You hear someone say, that's why I don't go to church and I'm full of hypocrites. No, you met a, hypocrit a, a hypocritical person. The whole church ain't a hypocrite. You got you to you come into a hypocritical teacher. The whole church doesn't have a hypocritical teacher. But you make that one person the, the sum of everything versus you're on the fault. Next scripture, I'm going to give you another scripture. This is what Jesus says. I tell you most solemnly that anyone who what? A sin. Is what? The dead in life. 
and is what? Slave. The slave is a what? You cannot come and go at will. I love the commercial of, I was trying to get it, I couldn't get it, of the one, of, of, the, of the cigarettes pulling a person in. Now the way to go, how many of you see people who are addicted to smoking and they got to get out to go smoke? They're what? Slaves. I love the commercial. Every time they want they say, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. And I watch people who are, who are addicted to smoking. They can't be in places for long. I, I had someone in my car. We were driving someplace, and they, they're smoking. Can we, can we pull over? Um, no. We need to get here. We need to get someplace in about three hours. But I, I, no. They finally kept bugging my stop. They knocked out two cigarettes in ten minutes. They're, they're, they're what? A slave. And, 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 and slaves have no what? They have no rights. Look, look at this, this quote. This is the next, next verse. Temporary happiness is a what? That temporary draw of the cigarette. How many of us not worth cancer? Not worth losing your vote, your Lawrence. It's not worth that. Well, John also says, and, and some of the, I like the way that the living, the living Bible says this. John, you are a slave of sin, every one of you. And slaves don't what? But the son has what? So if the son has, you can give you what? If you have called on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are free. But you must learn to what? Accept your freedom. Let me show you what this young lady, this is. Read, read that. Look at this final clip of what happened to this young girl.
truth always comes out. One or another. The reason why I put that because that's how false teachers are to me. They're nothing but pimps. They prey on you. And you may not like sometimes how I preach, and you may not like sometimes I don't make you feel great. But go back, go back to that 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 quote. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I guarantee you, I'll give you one thing in this church. I'll give you truth. You will tell a false person from the truth. You know how you train um, people to, 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 you know how they train um, forgers? How, how, to, how to identify forge, fake, fake bills? They give them the truth. They give them a real bill. They study it. They analyze it. They see the truth of this is what a bill, $100 bill looks like. And once you have been ingrained with the truth, guess what happens? You spot a lie or forgery instantly. So it's my job as your late leader to give you enough truth, to ingrain in your mind truth so when the lie come at you, you can go, Because at the end of the day, that truth will give you the joy you're looking for. That truth will give you the hope and the peace you're looking for. Because if I push out lies to you, when the storms come, and beloved, they will come. And there's no truth in you. You will quit. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to make you feel good every Sunday. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I really am. Because I'm giving you truth. I'm telling you. We may endure for a night, but there's joy in the morning. Be not weary in well-doing, for in duty you shall reap if you faint not. The truth always comes out. Not only there's the draw of false teaching and the disappointment, but also there's the danger of false teaching. Look what it says. It says, for they, for, for after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of what? Jesus, they, they, they're in church trying to get hope, trying to get help, trying to be, be set free, hoping to hear a word from God. And this guy gives them, it says here, they got the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They are again what? Entangled. Word entangles is a very cool word. It's, 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 it's another Greek word. I want to, it's another word I, I gave you. It's, it's a Greek word. It's a slide. It should be in the altar there, the handouts. There you go. And Pico, it's to be involuntary, what? To the point of what? Be entangled. Literally, it means like sheep whose wool is caught in thorns. Literally, it's a sheep who is, who is moving. Sheep are only caught in thorns when they move away from their shepherd. They're entangled. They're caught, they're, they're, they're entangled. And, and guess what? Sheep, I, I, I always, when I first got preached, started to get saved, I didn't like being called a sheep. How many of the sheep are the dumbest animals in the, in, on, on, in the animal kingdom? There's nobody dumber than a sheep. And, you know, and I'm kind of smart. I ain't no sheep. You know, I don't like being referred to, I didn't like being referred to a sheep until I studied sheep, and they are dumb. <laughs> but then, and, I, and I'm a psychologist, and I start studying people. Yeah, we sheep. <laughs> a sheep 
would eat with their head down. They will keep eating until there's no more food. A sheep will literally eat themselves off a cliff. Because they pay no attention to what's in front of them because all they care about is feeding their bellies. We see people in our lives like that. Who will want this, to want, they know drugs are bad, they know drinking is bad, they know, but they'll keep doing it until all of a sudden they're off the cliff. They're entangled. We see people in church, been in church 10, 20 years, and still they're what? Entangled. Still knowing the word, but because their foundation was this false word. Because see, when you come to churches, when, I, when people come to this church here and come to different places, they have teaching from someone else that may not be sound teaching. And they come here, and I got to get that junk out of them and give them true teaching. And they try to decide, but you know what? But Pastor John said, this is okay. And, and, and that was, but you're saying it's not. I like what he said better. Because I can still fornicate and have sex with my, my boyfriend and don't feel guilty about it. But if I come to your church, ah, you tell me it's wrong. I'm going back to John. Well, you go back to hell then. Because John's teaching you hell. The Bible says you just cannot waddle in sin. And I, it's my job. The Bible says, Timothy, it didn't say that to give you joy. It said to correct you. Correct our mistakes. Correct our rebellions. It's my job to help you stop rebelling against God's word. Not to give you a bunch of happy go. No, no. That's not my job. In Timothy, Timothy 2 and 4, um, it says no one engaged in warfare is what? Entangled. Ah, himself with the affairs of this life. He may please him who's what? We give you some more definition of this word, this word, this, 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 this Greek word. The next, this, 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 the next slide says this here. It says this word is used in Second Peter. Apostle Peter spoke of this being entangled in the word corruption. Both of these occurrence of this word emphasize the what? The importance of I'm. I'm hearing it. I'm going to be a carnal Christian, which I don't know how you can be a carnal Christian. It's a paradox statement to me. But they're, they're, they're pulled by this world. They're pulled by the lie of the world. They're pulled by the alluring of the world. They're pulled by the greed and the stuff of the world. And they're trapped. And all of a sudden, God doesn't become important. I, I, this, I, this guy today, he said, um, I, had, I taught a seminar yesterday, and, and, and we got into um, about being a leader, and the guy said, you know, we can't totally just be a child of God all the time. What do you mean? He said, you know, in our job sometimes, you know, there's certain things we can't, you know, um, um, we have to do. I said, well, there were three guys named Sharon Michigan and Bentley Young <laughs> who their job told them to bow down. They didn't. A guy named Daniel who was told about out and he didn't, and, and his God delivered him. 
So if you think your God can't deliver you, you will always what? We need this other verse, by the way. It doesn't support scripture. It, it says in Matthew, when the evil spirit leaves a person, it goes where? Seeking rest, but finds none. He wants to find another house to go to. Listen to what he says. He said, I, he said, then it says, it's talk to him. So how many of y'all talk to yourself? Come on, let's get real. Talk to yourself. So, so, so is the evil spirit. He said, you know what? I had fun jacking them up. Let me return back to that house. So he goes back to, to, to your spirit and sees, yes, you kicked me out, but you didn't fill the room with words. I'm gone. But there's no word now, because why? Look, the house is, is is empty, swept, and what? I got saved. I got Jesus in my life. I was. I got. I went to church, and I got Jesus in my life, and I cast a demon out. Then all of a sudden, demon said, "Don't worry about it. Let me give him six months." And the emotionalism of the church got you good, but all the emotions didn't give you any what? Any word? Any truth? So here come the demon flying back around. Going, oh, there's no word in you. Okay. Then look what happens. Look, look at verse look at verse 45. Verse 45 says, oh, this is pretty cool. Look at 40, 40, got 45 in there? Look, get 45 says, then he gets seven other demons. He goes and finds seven other demons that are worse than he is and comes back into that person's life. It says they're worse than when they first got there. How many people have seen people come to church and, and backslide and they wind up being worse? It says, then he goes and then, then he goes and take what with him what? Seven other spirits more wicked than what? He don't bring guys like him. Oh no. He's gonna bring some people in there that make sure. Now remember now, there's already one, there's one demon, right? He gets seven new demons, right? How many is that? Eight means what? New beginning. So I'm about to give this person a whole new beginning into my world. It says what? And they enter and dwell there. And guess what? The last state of that man is what? So shall it also be with this one. We don't get false teaching. When you get false teaching, this is what happens. Your life becomes, you say, God said this one day. Then all of a sudden, God said this one day. Then all of a sudden, God said this one day. Wait a minute. God is not a yo-yo. The Bible says he's, he, Bible says, I change not, says the Lord. So how's God telling you something on Monday and shifts on Wednesday and shifts on Friday? No. Are you hearing God or are you hearing yourself? Or could it be one of the eight, seven demons, the eight demons in your life now? Because you have no foundational truth. The next verse in this, it, it, it was, was in John. It, was, it says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him, if you abide what? And my disciple, you are my what? Mm. And you should know the what? And the truth shall what? Mm. Next one says this here. It says, for, for the truth of, of your word will what? I want to give you the dignity of my day. I want, as your, as your bishop, as your leader, I wore this today. I'm not, I'm not doing this all the time. I want you to know this. Just do this for the first time because you see this on first Sunday and that's it. Okay, so... <laughs> told me to wear it today so y'all know because as your bishop I need the truth to stand 
Because if God takes me home tomorrow, you better not bring a preacher to stand in my place that doesn't give you truth. Your son needs truth. What I teach you affects your son and the unborn child you're going to have. All that truth affects you. Some of us right now are the outcome of false teaching. Or some of us have lived lives of the effects of false teaching. And our lives have been torn asunder. We were thinking we were going to get the truth. And we wind up getting what? A lie. Let me show you what false teaching ultimately does to you and your heritage. Listen to this. Listen to this. That's his son. Andrew. Andrew. I have 
come and say to them, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus says, I am what? The truth and the what? No one comes to the Father. And there's another verse I put up there. Hard times always reveals what? Jesus said in another place in John, these words. This is my commandment that I, you love what? As I loved you. Great love has no man, has no one than this. To lay down on one's life for his what? And Jesus says, you are my friends. If you do what? Commands us to do what? To live in truth. Man says, I don't care about truth. But when his son walked out the bathroom, he cared then, didn't he? Because the reality of his life made him dead in his tracks. Beloved, I think I have one more quote, maybe. No? Okay. Beloved, let me tell you something right now. Your life that you live today is foundational for your truth of your children for tomorrow. You want to really be right with God. Find a place that will love God more than it loves you. The facts of deceit is real simple. It's a mask. And I want you to, to learn to throw the mask away. And be the real you. Accept the truth of God's word and be the real you. So you know what? I'm going to stop listening to the false lies. I'm going to stop feeding myself lies. And I'm going to humble myself and follow the word of God. Because you know what? No matter what, no matter how hard the word is, when I live it, it's pretty cool because things work out usually okay. There's a scripture you know I don't have, but Isaiah 30 and 21 says, when you live my way, you'll find out it's going to be okay. That's my paraphrase of it. So, beloved, check it out. I want you to be fed grace. I want you to have life and life more abundantly. But you can only get that through trusting Jesus. Dying to yourself. Dying to the lies and the deceit of this world. And come to Christ. And deal with it. Is it hard? Yeah, it's kind of hard. But ah, the effects of a, a redeemed life is worth living. Because one thing you can't hide can't hide the truth. You can't hide the embarrassment of the truth. So this morning, if you've been living your life and have the faces of deceit, been trying to decide which mask would I put on the day, I'm asking you to throw the mask away. Because according to the Bible, you're fearfully in what? You're the apple of what? And you're blessed to be what? Why should I cover up 
that kind of person. It's my calling in life to help you come to that realization that you can live your life in the truth of your life and not in the deceit of this world. So this morning, if you're here this morning and you you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm sorry. I'm not going to feed you a lie that your world will be wonderful. It won't. But the Bible says what you will have, you'll have peace that surpasses all understanding. When there's a crime, you'll have joy. When there's a loss, you'll be found. Because you have the foundation of God's word in your life. And that foundation, when their life is sinking in sand, you'll stand because your foundation is a rock. And that rock is called Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm here, to help you get Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. So I'm going to pray. If you're here this morning, you don't have that hope. I'm not going to do like that pimp did and teach, say, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be, no. No, have no more problems. No. I'm going to give you truth. The truth you have that you need is Jesus Christ. Secondly, you may have bought the lie. And some church hurt you with the lie of God's word and you blame God when you should have blamed the person. Because God's going to blame them. Trust me, he is. He'll get them back. And this morning, you want to come back home to the truth of God's word. You can come back home and be restored. And last, you're a Christian, but you don't have a church home that gives foundational teaching. You come here and be discipled. And I'm not, I'm not a perfect guy by no means, but I do serve a perfect God. I am a pressing guy. I press towards the mark each day to live a godly life as your bishop. So this morning, you need salvation. You need restoration. You need discipleship. Receive this willing and ready to help you in your journey. So as I pray, any three of those things that you feel you need, just raise your hand and we'll help you walk through on your journey. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, there might be somebody here who needs you. They've never confessed with their mouth and believed their heart that Christ died for their sins. And God, the Holy Spirit has confirmed to them this day they need a Savior. If you're here this morning, you need a Savior. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Would you please raise your hand, Pastor, and say, I need Jesus Christ. I've tried everything else. I've tried everything else, and I know it this morning. I need Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Secondly, you're in church, and you're hurt by the church, and you realize this morning it was not the church. It was a false teacher. And you want to come back home to God and be restored. If that's you, you want to be restored back to God's family. Would you please, at your feet, it's raised, Pastor. I need to come back home. I've been running from church for a while, and I need to come back home and come back to God. Would you please raise your hand? And lastly, you're a believer. And you're in transition. You're a church home. And I'm not the perfect pastor. I will press towards you. I will love you the way God loves you. And God says you're a fearful one to make. God says you're the apple of his eye. He says you're a blessed, you're a blessing. I will love you like that because that's how God loves you. So here this morning, you want to be part of our church family. Would you please at your feet? Just raise your hand, Pastor. I need, I need to be part of this family. I want to grow and walk this journey with this family. If you're here this morning, please raise your hand and come and be part of our family. Father God, bless those who are here today. Bless them under the sound of my wee voice. Give them your strength.
give them your grace and your mercy. Because, Father, we are crazy in love with you. Help us, God, to learn the truth of your word and not to lie. It's in Jesus' name we pray.